Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here is a sample of what you'll be hearing today. And so the Bible says here that Christ has made you free. So don't get yoked up again. Don't get tied up again. Don't go back into the slavery where Christ has delivered you from. Here's the thing. Christ has delivered us as members of the body of Christ, but many of us are going right back to the law. And that's like a dog that is returning to its vomit. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, welcome everybody once again to our Sunday morning services at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. We thank you guys so very much for being here today, uh, for allowing the Lord to minister to your heart and agreeing with the Spirit to come out in person and live. And I want to welcome also our online community that's right now at home or wherever you are right now watching and listening. We greet you in Jesus' mighty name. Kingdom Rock, can we uh, put our hands together and bless God for our online community? Hi. Wherever you are all around the world, we just thank you for tuning in today. We believe that Lord has a rich blessing in store for you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, we're still in the series entitled Get Up. We're still in the series entitled Get Up. And this is part number five of that series, part five of that series. And so we're going to get right back into that series today. It is so important uh, that we rediscover the gospel of grace, what grace really is and how it is applicable to our lives, especially in the times that we're living in right now. You need the power of God in every area of your life. Let me tell you that now. You will need uh, to see, to witness the manifestation of God's presence in your life. And there's only one way to do that. That is through grace. That is through grace. Uh, As Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. If you want to see miracles, signs, and wonders, well, then you need grace. You need grace, the gospel of grace. Remember, grace is a lot more than just what you do before you eat. Somebody get that later on. It's a lot more than just that. So we're going to continue to talk about uh, the differences between the law and grace. And as we do that, Remember, it's important to you to go home and review these scriptures again and really get them in you so that when the time of pressure comes, when the time of torment comes, you'll be able to stand against the enemy and tell him, it is written. You'll be able to tell him no in Jesus' mighty name and declare the word of God and see him flee from you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as you know, this series comes with a confession, and it's important that you confess the word of God over your life. Those of you that are here with us now uh, at the church, we do have a, the list of those on the table over there. You can pick them up. Those of you that are online with us, you can just take screenshots with you. Uh, or maybe I'll try to put these confessions online on the series page. Okay, I'll try to, do, try to remember to do that. All right, so, all right, here we go. Let's make these confessions. Because of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, I am forgiven. Colossians 1.14. All my sins have been washed away. 1 John 1.7. 1 
I have peace with God. Romans 5.1. I have been made the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21. I am forever perfected and sanctified, being made holy. Hebrews 10.14. I am not now, nor will I ever be condemned by God. Romans 8.1. I am loved and accepted in the presence of God. John 3.16. Ephesians 1.6. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. 1 John 4, 17. Give me a minute. Let me go ahead. I need to take a little sip. Yes, this is water, by the way, with a little lemon in it. I like a little lemon water. All right. I, I intend to get happy today in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. But it won't be with that worldly wine. It'll be with the Holy Ghost wine. That is spiritually online community, spiritually. Let's make that clear. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. Last week we were together. We talked about the unholy mixture. We've been talking about that for the last few weeks. So let's go back to Acts, the first Acts 15. Acts 15, talking about um, the unholy mixture. And I want to get, things, get some things right with you today. I want you to really get this and understand this. We're going to wrap this part up. And really we're going to subtitle today, uh, reconciliation, or you have been reconciled. You have been reconciled. So we'll get to that. But Acts 15, uh, verse number one reads like this. Now, this was the problem. This was the unholy mixture that we want to avoid in our lives today. Here we go. Acts 15, verse one says, and certain men came down uh, from Judea, taunt the, taunt the brethren, and said, except ye be circumcised, after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. Now, whoa, that's such a powerful statement, and it is wrong as two left shoes. All right, let's look at it again. He said, except you be circumcised, after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. Look at verse number five. They continue it here. They said, but there rose up certain of the sects of the Pharisees, which believed. They say they believed in Jesus. They say they were saved. Uh, saying, this is what they were saying, that it was needful or it was necessary, it was mu a must to circumcise them, that is to circumcise the new converts, and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Verse 10, how the apostles respond to that? It says, uh, now therefore, why tempt ye God? They say that this was tempting God. It says to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. Verse 11, but we believe that through the grace, say grace. grace. We believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. So we asked the question for the last few weeks, what's the big deal about being circumcised. And I took you back into the book of Genesis when the Lord first introduced that to Abraham and what that, what that meant, that circumcision was a sign uh, that really that God was in Christ down through the lineage. And that circumcision was to be there until the seed came, that is, until Christ came. That was to be enforced. And circumcision was then put under the law and observed as a part of the law of Moses. 
But the law of Moses or the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, did not disannul or did not uh, put away or uh, did not cause the first promise to go away. The promise that God made that Christ would come and really the promise or the blessing of Abraham would be righteousness by grace, righteousness by faith alone. That was the promise that God gave to Abraham that the seed would come and through that seed we would all be righteous with God by faith alone. Hallelujah. By grace through faith we would enter into the promises of God. All right? But circumcision was a sign of that covenant until Christ would come. Now, let me bring this thing to you and show you how devastating uh, that was for these other believers to come down and teach people, teaching them that unless they be circumcised, unless they obey the law of Moses, you can't be saved. Basically, what they were saying was, yes, hey, we're saved too, but you still got to live right, but you still got to do right in order for God to accept you. Last week, last week I, I presented that uh, on the board for you, how they were saying that Jesus plus good works or Jesus plus obeying the law, Jesus plus keeping the law of Moses to them, then equaled favor with God, then equaled you can go to heaven. And that is a damnable heresy. That is another gospel. Paul said, if anyone comes to you, a man or even an angel, if they preach to you another gospel than that that is delivered to you, let that person be accursed. Let me tell you now, the work that Jesus did on the cross is enough. It is more than enough. When Jesus said it is finished, he meant it is finished. Your complete salvation is wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in Christ alone. It is his blood that has been shed upon you, been sprinkled upon you, that makes you righteous in the sight of God. It is not, I believe in Jesus, now let me go try to do right and live right, and then I can be saved. No, why are you adding to something that is already perfect? Hallelujah. It's already perfect. There's nothing else that needs to be done. Now, we will all do right and live right in response to what Jesus has done for us. That's why you come to church. That's why you read your Bible. That's why you pray. That's why you give. It's a response to the kindness that God has shown us. It's a response to his goodness. His spirit is living on the inside of us now. And so now we respond with love. We love him because he first loved us. Our good works are a response. Hallelujah. God is not demanding us to do right to be saved. He's demanding that we receive his son, Jesus. And when we receive Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior, God reckons you righteous. By virtue of the finished work of Christ alone. Hallelujah. But still today, we'll find that same thinking when people will say, all right, well, you received Christ. All right, now it's up to you to do right. And if you do right, then God will like you and he will save you. And that is not the gospel of Christ Jesus. So I hope that you hear that. hope that you hear that. But now let me show you in particular why what they were saying was so bad. Let's go to Galatians, the fifth chapter, Galatians 5, and let's look at verses uh, 1 through 6. And I'm going to read this to you today out of the New Living Translation. I like the way it reads. I like the way it reads. I think it's going to make it uh, more clear to you. Remember, our, really, our root scripture, our root Bible version is going to be King James always because it's a word-for-word translation. 
But when I find that, we'll use a New Living Translation, when I find that it really, uh, that it translates into our modern day a little bit better in some sections, we'll use it uh, if I find that it will make it easier for you to understand. Everybody got that? Now, I'm weary about many other translations because in some, they take out whole Bible verses, whole Bible verses, and say, well, that was not needed. Well, I think every part of the Bible was needed. Hallelujah. Oh, the Lord wouldn't allow it to be put in there. Hallelujah. But again, so I'm very cautious when I show you about, when I show you another Bible translation, I'll only show it to you when I feel that it, when it agrees with my spirit, first of all, and when it depicts you a, I would say, a more clear picture of what the Lord is saying. Amen? So let's go and look at this, Galatians 5. And the question was, what was the big deal about circumcision? Why was, such a, why was it such a bad idea for them to put, for them to say, you got to be circumcised in order for you to be saved? In order for them, in order for them to say, you got to keep the law of Moses in order to be saved. This will tell you why it was such a bad idea for them to teach that. All right? So again, Galatians 5, verses 1 through 6 says, verse 1, so Christ has truly set us free. Let's stop there for a moment. Say with me. Christ, Christ has, truly has truly set me free. All right. Let that be that word on your heart. Christ has truly set me free. It says, uh, let me read again. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. King James says, don't get under that yoke of bondage again. Don't be yoked up in bondage. So the Bible says here that the law was a yoke of bondage. Now, was the law holy? Absolutely. Was it perfect? Absolutely. But God himself, the Bible calls the law a yoke of bondage. Remember there, we just read, uh, we just read in, um, in um, uh, Acts 15 chapter, how Peter said, hey, why are you trying to put this yoke on them, which you couldn't do, we can do, our fathers couldn't do either. Why are you trying to yoke them back up? Remember, yoke talked about uh, uh, what was used to plow, what the herdsmen and the farmers, they would put that yoke about uh, the, uh, the cow's neck or the ox's neck, and that cow would pull a heavy load, and that's how they would plow the field. He would yoke him, he would bind him, bind him to the work. And so the Bible says here that Christ has made you free. So don't get yoked up again. Don't get tied up again. Don't go back into the slavery where Christ has delivered you from. Here's the thing. Christ has delivered us as members of the body of Christ, but many of us are going right back to the law. And that's like a dog that is returning to its vomit. Going right back to what God has delivered you from. And remember, if you don't watch it, this thing is so insidious. The enemy is so insidious as he tries to trip you up with this. But the Lord says here, be careful that you don't go right back into, into right back under the power or the slavery of law. So again, it says, uh, it says, now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. That's a warning. It is possible for you to be born again believer, but yet very legalistic. And let me show you the reason why you don't want to be legalistic, why you don't want to be under the constraints of law. Verse 2 says, listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision... 
to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. King James says, Christ shall, uh, shall profit you nothing. Now that's a big deal when it's time for you to go and pray. That's a big deal when you're asking God for a miracle. That's a big deal when someone in your family is in a bad way or you're in a bad way and you need to go before God and ask him for his supernatural help and assistance. But if you are under the law, if you insist on trying to be made right with God by doing good things, then Christ is of no benefit to you. That is, his blood does not benefit you. That is, his stripes do not benefit you. That is, his holiness does not benefit you. That is, the power that he gave you over the devil does not benefit you. If you are trying to live your life right so that you can be accepted by God, you have no benefit from Christ. That is a big statement. That is a big statement. That is a big statement. So listen to what this says. It says, now... This is what this implies. It's an either or type of thing. It's either you're going to serve, you're going to try to serve God by doing good. By doing good. To be righteous in his sight. Or you're going to believe and receive what Christ did for you. And from that point, live forward. It's either you will keep examining your life, examining your faults and your flaws. Oh, God, I did it again. Oh, please help me, Lord. I did it again. I messed up again. I messed up again. I can't believe I did this. I can't seem to get it right. I can't pray enough. I can't fast enough. Lord, I tried. 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 Living under the law in bondage to what you have done or what you are doing. Very clear. It's either you will live that way, trying to do right, to be right in the sight of God, trying to do right, to be right in the sight of God, trying to do right, to be right in the sight of God. That's law. Or you will receive the right that Jesus gave to you. He made you right. And then from that point, he empowers you to do right. You will do right because you is right. Hallelujah. Bless you. You got me? I'd rather do right because I is right. Do right because I am right. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. An apple tree doesn't have to be forced to make apples. It just, because by virtue of its new nature, by virtue of its nature, it's going to produce apples. By virtue of your new nature, you will produce the fruit of holiness, the fruit of godliness. But you have to focus on Christ. Are you hearing me? So if you are trying to earn earn. You say, I'm going to pray so I can get this blessing. I'm going to give so I can give this, so I can get this blessing. I'm going to earn my way, earn my way to this miracle. I'm going to pray enough. And if, if you say, if you said within your heart, Lord, I know you're going to answer my prayer because I, hey, I've been good or something bad has happened to you. And you say, well, this has happened to me. God's, God's cursing me or God's not hearing me because of what I've done. Here again, you are right back under the slavery of law. The blessings of God that he gives you are without merit. 
without merit. He freely gives to you because you are in Christ Jesus. He freely gives you because you are forgiven. He freely gives you because you are redeemed. You are his child. You are, he, you are his people. He is your God. He desires to lavish you with his love, lavish you with his love. But if you insist on trying to earn your way into heaven by what you do, then Christ is of no benefit to you. Hope you got that. My God, my God. Hallelujah. Look at verse number three. It says, I'll say it again. If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the law, rather in the whole law of Moses. Now stop there for a second. Somebody says, well, hey, I don't, I don't cuss. I, I don't use God's name in vain. And they just focus on that. I've heard people say, I got one more thing. If I can just stop this, then I'll be good. If I can just stop this, then I'll be good. There's just one more thing I got to do, then, then I'll be good. Yeah, let's all laugh about that. <laughs> let's all laugh because there ain't nothing but a big joke there. If I can just stop doing this, I'll be all right. If I stop doing this, it'll always be one more thing you think you got to do. Even the work that you do, you can't clean up a dirty floor with a nasty mop. With nasty mop water. That's all you can do. You try to, all you're doing is spreading dirt around, but you're not getting it clean. Only the blood of Jesus can cleanse us. Only the blood of Jesus can satisfy, can satisfy the wrath or the, the vengeance of God. Only the blood of Jesus can make us acceptable in the sight of God. Only he can cleanse us. Only he can sanctify us. This is why we say if you go out in sin and probably it's going to happen again, even in, when you're in the midst of that thing, you still need to declare, Father, I thank you. I did this, but that is not who I am. That is simply what I did. I am still the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am still holy. I am still accepted in your presence. You are my God and I am your people. You are my father and I am your child. And I say right now before all the hounds of hell, I am redeemed. And as I continue to say that, you continue to say that, say that, say that. You see how sin loses its power over your life. Because sin, the Bible says, sin will not have dominion over you because you are not under the law, but under grace. You have to continue to declare who you are and declare the word of God and declare, what, declare the word of God, declare what Jesus said about you. You have to continue to believe in it. And as you continue to declare it and believe it, you begin to see it manifest throughout all of your life. Amen. Let me read one more time. Uh, well, verse 4, it says, for if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, if you are trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. Do you see that? Amen. You have fallen away from God's grace. You've heard people say, oh, so-and-so is sin. They fell from grace. Well, sin is a part of falling from grace. But falling from grace actually means you have gone back under the constraints of law. You have been cut off because you have decided, I want to earn my blessing. And you want to make God do something for you. You want to put God in your debt 
Because now you have fasted, now you have prayed, now you have given so much money, now God owes you. In the moment you make God your debtor, you're still right back under law. We give because we, he loves us. We give because we love him and we are appreciative of, of what he's done. Our giving is in response. It's in response to what he's done. Not because we're forced to. Remember, what kind of giver does God love? A cheerful giver. Someone whose heart is in his giving. But if you're, if you're being forced to do so, compelled to do so, that's no longer grace. Now you're trying to work it in order that God would bless you, in order that he would owe you. And that's never going to work. Verse 5 says, but we who live by the Spirit eagerly, eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. So now you know the big deal about being circumcised. They said, hey, you got to be circumcised. Hey, you got to keep the law of Moses. Hey, you got to live right now. Yeah, you got Jesus. Hey, but you got to live right now. So what they were doing, they were trying to create a mixture that it was really the, the devil in the whole thing because he knew that if I can get these folk to stop focusing on Jesus and then focus on themselves, then they will have no power to cast me out. They will have no power to heal. They will have no power to deliver. I can get them so wrapped up in themselves and, and looking at their sin, looking at what they've done or, or what haven't they done. And then when it's time for them to go pray for somebody else, they'll be so wrapped up in condemnation, condemning themselves that they won't want to pray. They're not going to want to come to church. They're not going to want to do that. The devil's looking back. Ha, ha, ha. I've got those foolish Christians fooled. I've got them fooled. I've got them so wrapped up in themselves looking at them that they're no longer looking at Jesus. I've got them so wrapped up looking at them that they don't even know that they've now been cut off. That they have fallen from grace. Are you hearing? Does that mean that this individual cannot be saved? That... That, uh, that they can't be saved? No, no. Once the blood of Jesus has been applied to your life, once you've been sprinkled by the blood of Jesus, you are holy. You are unblameable. And we're going to see this. You are without spot. That is still true, even though you don't believe it over there. And the devil wants to put your eyes out so that you don't see it, so that you don't confess it, because that's your place of power, being in grace. Focusing on the finished work of Jesus, that's your, your place of power. That's your place of righteousness. When you look away from him and start looking at you, what you've done right or what you've done wrong, remember if you think about how much you've done well, then you get heady and high-minded. Look, start looking down on people. Hmm, you've seen those. Hmm. Those quote-unquote saints that, that you, when they come in a room, you, you feel condemned and judged. Hmm, 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 hmm. Who does she? Mm, 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 mm. Who does he? Mm, mm. Legalistic. Got nothing to do with God's grace. Nothing to do with grace. You see, you say, well, they, aren't they holy? But listen, I can't find that in the life of Jesus. 
If I could have found that thinking and that mindset and that action and that heady, that high-mindedness and that looking down upon others because we're, we're so holy, I'm looking down upon you. If I have seen that in Jesus, then I could accept that. But I did see that in the Pharisees and scribes and, and, uh, and all of them, the ones who were enemies to Christ. That's where I do see that. So we have more pharisaical people and those that believe in Jesus, those who are walking according to his grace. I do see Jesus that even the sinner wanted to be around him. I do see that. I do see how the crowds were drawn to Jesus, and they never stayed that way. Jesus always brought them higher, always brought them higher. Jesus made them want to be better. Hallelujah! And he still makes me want to be better every day. Being in a relationship with him makes me want to be a better man, a better father, a better husband, a better pastor. He makes me want to be better. Hallelujah. And he doesn't do it by condemning you or judging you. He's just who he is. The Bible says plainly that, that the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So if you see some of those old, quote unquote, old religious saints and they just Hmm, 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 hmm. You've been out of church for a few weeks and they, hmm, oh, hmm, 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 hmm. That's not the spirit of Christ. That's a pharisaical spirit. That's a legalistic spirit. You know what Jesus would do when he's, if, he's, if he was there and he hadn't seen you in a while? You know what he would do? Just like he did with the prodigal son. Amen. Good to see you. Good to see you. Come on in here. Oh, I'm so glad to see you. Come on. Oh, come on. Sit by me. Oh, I'm so glad to see you. I'm so glad to see you, son. I'm so glad to see your daughter. Oh, come here. Mm-hmm. Jesus, you're holding me tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm squeezing you. Oh, I love you. 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 Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's what he'll do. That's what he does. But the feeling of judgment and condemnation, people think, I can't go to church because they're going to judge me when they get down there. I don't have the right clothes on. I don't have the right this or I have the right that. That's pharisaical. It's not Jesus. Jesus has his arms open. He says, come here, come here, come here. Come here, baby, come here. Oh, come here, baby, come here, come here. That's the Lord. That's the love of God. So you have to see the difference between those that are walking in grace and those that are walking in the law. One condemns and the other gives life. That's the ministry that the Lord has called us to, to give life. Now let's go a little bit further. Let me tell you about exactly how perfectly Jesus redeemed you. Exactly how perfectly, flawlessly he redeemed you. Let's look at Colossians, the second chapter. Colossians 2, I won't get to all this today, but we'll at least start. Colossians, the second chapter, verse 9 and 10, it says, King James Version this time, it says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, talking about Jesus. And ye, say me, and ye, or you can say me or I, it says here in verse 10, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. The Bible says that you are now complete in Christ. 
Say with me, I am complete in Christ. Complete in Christ. Now let's look at let's look at that word. We let's look that word up in in concordance there and see what the word complete means. It means to fill to the top, so that nothing shall be wanting to full measure. Fill to the brim, to make complete in every particular. It means to render perfect. To render perfect. So, you are complete. You are filled to the full of Christ. Christ in you is the hope of glory. You are filled to the full. Nothing missing, nothing broken, broken, nothing lacking. Your life has been filled to the brim. Filled to the brim. Filled to the brim. Now, what the enemy does not want you to see or realize is that you have nothing missing and that there's nothing lacking and that there's nothing broken. Because if you think something is missing, then you will go straight exactly where your great, 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 great grandmom and granddaddy did. They thought something was missing, and so they went for the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They thought they were incomplete. And so Adam and Eve went for that tree of knowledge of good and evil. But had they known, we're complete. We are complete. I don't need this. I'm complete in him. He's filled me to the full. I'm, fill, I'm full, filled with God's love. I'm filled with Christ. I'm filled with God. I'm filled with God. Let's go to Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians, the third chapter. Let's look, listen to this echo over here. In Ephesians, the third chapter, verse 17 through 19. Say with me, I am complete in Christ. Come on, say, I am complete in Christ. I am complete in Christ. I am complete in Christ. Nothing's missing. Nothing's broken. I am complete in Christ. Hallelujah. And see, when you understand that, we won't be looking for another bedmate. When we understand that, we won't look for another drink, another smoke, another whatever. You got me? Trying to find something to fill the hole, trying to find something to fill the gap, trying to find something. We're always trying to find something, but when we confess, what now? Wait now. I'm complete in Christ. I've been filled to the full, filled to the brim. I'm complete in Him. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3, verse 17 through 19, it says, That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Say with me, I am filled with all the fullness of God. You see, every day the Holy Spirit is giving you revelation of the love of Christ. Every day he's giving you revelation. Every day he's telling you. Every day he's telling you. You've got to confess, yes, Lord, that's true. I am filled with all the fullness of God. I don't see it. Say, I, I, I don't see it. Stop looking at what you see. Stop, start, start looking at what he said. Hallelujah. Start looking at what he said. Father, I believe you. 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 I am filled with all the fullness of God. I am complete in Christ. I am complete in Christ. We need to start saying that. Amen. We need to start saying and believing it. Now, 
Let's go back to this. Let's go to um, Colossians 1. Colossians 1 now, verse 20 through 22. And let's talk about reconciliation. Finally, we get here and we're about to close out just shortly. Colossians, uh, the King James Version once again. Colossians 1, verse 20 through 22. It says, And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. Talking about Jesus, Jesus made peace. Really, the Father through Christ made peace with you and I. That's big now. He made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. All right? Say with me, I've been reconciled to God. This is really big. God reconciled you to himself. He reconciled you to himself. All right? It says, again, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. So with me, I have been reconciled. And verse 22 tells you how perfect that reconciliation was. Verse, 20, verse 22 says, in the body of, now we've been reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy. Now here's your current state. You are, say with me, I am holy. And without, rather, and unblameable. Say unblameable. Now, unblameable means without spot and blemish. Remember, that had to do with the sacrifice, how the sacrifice was always weighed. When the individual would bring their sacrifice to the temple uh, as some sort of an offering, the high priest were to look over the sacrifice and see if it had any spots, any blemishes, blemishes or uh, was it fit for God? Was it fit to give to God? Was it fit? It wasn't the worshiper that was examined. It was a sacrifice that was examined. So because of the sacrifice of Jesus, Jesus is absolutely flawless and perfect. And so if the sacrifice is received, the worshiper is received. Was Christ received after his death, burial, and resurrection? Absolutely. So because Christ was received, I am received. You are received. Are you, you got me? So now, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you've been reconciled and you are now holy and un, unblameable, that is without spot or blemish, and you are unreprovable, that is you are beyond reproach, unaccused in the presence of God, in his sight. You got me? So in other words, his reconciliation was so perfect that those who are in Christ are now standing before God. And remember, God sees a lot better than a microscope or, through a, or better than a CSI investigation team. A whole lot better. He knows how to find stuff when people hide it. The Father has looked you over and has seen there's no blemish, no spot, absolute perfection absolute holy because of the blood of Jesus that was shed on your behalf. The father looks at you. 
He doesn't see some poor, wretched sinner, somebody that's messed up, somebody needs to be judged or condemned. If you're in Christ Jesus, the Father looks at you with absolute love, absolute, oh, I adore you. There's nothing missing, nothing broken. There's nothing wrong. You are without accusation, without one single spot, without one single wrinkle. You are flawless in the presence of God. Because of Jesus, you are flawless. So why would someone want to get back under the law and say, I got to do right now. I got to, God's going to like me if I keep doing this. God's going to really like me, so I better keep doing right. Why would I do that? Why would I put myself back under that bondage when Jesus has made me flawless? Absolutely flawless. Say with me, he's made me flawless. So listen, God will forever, and please remember this, God will forever look at the work that he did for you through Christ. He will forever see the blood of his son upon your life. The sprinkling of God's blood, the sprinkling, just one drop of Jesus' blood on you has forever made you perfect in the sight of God. Just one drop. We say, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. I know people that, that they're saved and they just go out and they live in the way they want to. Uh, you saying, telling me that they're saved? Listen, I will say to you this. If they're really saved and their nature has been changed, they wouldn't be able to do that. Not saying that you won't slip and fall from time to time. But when you slip and fall, you declare who you are. You don't slip and fall and declare the law of your life. Oh, Father, you said I should not uh, commit adultery. You said whoever looks upon a woman uh, to lust at her has committed adultery with his heart, uh, committed adultery with her in his heart. Oh, Lord, I messed up. I better stop the committing adultery. And you, you quote law of your life over and over and over and over and over. All you're doing is strengthening sin. The strength of sin is the law. Instead of doing that, you say, Father, I confess that before you. That's not me. Uh, that's what I did. But instead, I am the righteousness of God. And I thank you for cleansing me and purifying me. I thank you for forgiving me and for making me righteous in your sight. I am still righteous in your sight. I am still blameless in your sight. I am still loved in your sight. I am still in your presence. You are still my God. I am still your Son, hallelujah, because what you do has no bearing on the blood of Jesus. I don't care how many sins you can commit, how horrible they may be. If the blood is upon you, the blood is stronger than a trillion acts of sin. And your acts of sin cannot change the way the father looks at you. That is, if you're in Christ. Are you hearing me? If you're in Christ, you're under his blood. And he sees you with eyes of love. Father actually wants you to be in his presence. <laughs> he actually loves to see you. He loves you, absolutely loves you. Father absolutely loves you. And the song that says, I love me some him, I think. Some, 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 some. I love me some. I can see the Father saying, I love me some. I love me some you. I mean, the Father and the angels, they rejoice in your presence. 
They rejoice. Are you hearing me? He, I'm telling you, he really does rejoice over you. So God will never look away from the finished work of Jesus Christ. So stop looking at what you do or what you did and start looking at what Jesus did and what Jesus is doing. Look to him. Now, that's, that if you look to Christ, you will live. And of course, that's reminiscent of John, the third chapter, verse 14 through 15. 14 and 15. Jesus said here in John 3, 14, 15, he said, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You have to lift Jesus up. Lift up what he did. Lift up what he did. Him crucified and raised from the dead. Tell people that they've been saved, they've been redeemed. They have to receive the finished work of Christ Jesus. Their forgiveness has already been paid for. They have to receive what Jesus Christ has done. The Lord says it again here in John, the 12th chapter, verse 32. He says, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. So let's lift up Jesus. Let's lift up what he has done. Let's praise him. Let's magnify him. Let's declare his grace. Lift him up in your own lives. Lift him up in your home. Hallelujah. Stop lifting up your sin. Stop lifting up what you've done and lift up what he has done. Jesus is magnificent. He's wonderful. We praise him. It is his blood that is far superior than anything the devil can do. Let's lift him up. Let's magnify him. Glory to God and stop magnifying your sin. Now, as we close, let's talk about, we talk about reconciliation. What is reconciliation? You've been reconciled to God. What is reconciliation? Some of you that keep a checkbook know what reconciliation means. To reconcile, to make things balance. Make things balance. Let me give you a definition of reconciliation here. Reconciliation. Bringing back a former state of harmony to make good again. Hallelujah. Repair a relationship that has been broken. It happens when two friends have fallen out with each other. Listen, God took the high road when we couldn't. You've heard people say, if they want me to forgive them, you know, I'm not stooping down to their level. Let them come to me, and then I'll think about it. Let them come to me. You know what they did to me. If they want to be reconciled to me, let them come to me and apologize. Let them come to me first. But thank God he's not like man. Because God actually came down to your level. He actually was born of a virgin. He actually walked among this earth doing good. The father was with him. He bled. He died upon that old rugged cross. He went into hell for you and I. On the third day, he rose again. What we could not do, God did for us. What we couldn't do, God sent his son to do. The father knew how to, how to make things right with all humanity again. 
Remember, we would say if someone wronged you, you would say, well, if they come to me and they repay their loan, if they apologize, if they do this and if they do that, if they jump through all these hoops, then we'd be, you know, then we'd be good. He said, if they jump through all these hoops, then they do this, do that, do that, then we'll be good. Ironically, that's not too far from the truth. Because Jesus came and he jumped through every hoop, every hoop that the father required to make us right with God. He jumped through everything. He did everything right. He fulfilled every law, every command. And now when we're sprinkled with his blood, God says, whoa, you're right with me now. Hallelujah. You have been fulfilled. You have fulfilled the requirements of my law. And now you are perfect. We are good. We are back in harmony, one with another. Glory to the Lamb of God. Glory to the Lamb of God. He has saved us. He has redeemed us. He has reconciled us right back to God the Father. So never say, oh God, things are going wrong because you've cursed me. I I messed up. So, oh no, no, don't let those words cross cross your lips. Never say God doesn't love me or God doesn't want me or never let those things cross your mind because they're absolutely false. He loves you with an enduring love, not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus did for you. He jumped through all of those hoops to make things right. And when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you enter into that rest. You become free from condemnation, and you enjoy the liberty that Jesus purchased for you. Let me show you one more, then we're going to close out today. God is for you. All those who are in Christ Jesus, in the body of Christ, God is for you. Say, God is for me. Second Corinthians 15, look at this, verse 17, it says, it says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of you, rather than all of this, is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Remember, God knows the one who is offended knows the terms of what would make it right. Right? If you've been offended and someone comes to you and says, how can I make it right? How can we be buddies again? If I offended Stan, uh, Lord Stan, I feel so bad. How can I make it right with you? He's been offended, so he would know. Well, hmm. You got to shine my shoes or something. You got to, you got to pay this. You know, you got to, he knows what will be made right since he's been offended, just like in a court of law. If someone has been offended, someone's been injured, then the attorneys there, they set the terms of uh, what the person needs to do to be made whole. What can make this person whole? How much they have to pay? How much restitution has to be paid, right? In order for them to be made whole. Uh, if they, hey, he hit my car. All right. What's the, what's the, what will, what can we do to make this right? The one that's offended has to set the terms to make things right. Well, you hit my car. Hmm. I want it fixed. Now I want all the color back in it. I want all this. 
And I, you want to make it better? Put some spinners on there too or something. And then we're, then we're good. Put some lights, LED lights under it too or, or whatever. The one that is offended sets the terms. God was offended when Adam and Eve did that. And he sent Jesus to fulfill the terms. So all humanity through Christ by believing in Jesus have been made right with God. We've been made whole through what Jesus did. This is why God's no longer mad at you. Because Jesus has already done it. Does that make sense to you? Look at verse 19 again. It says, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Why? For God made Christ who never sinned. For God made Christ who never sinned. To what? Come on, help me out. To be the offering for our sins. Uh-huh. And what? Oh, yes. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins, for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Remember, God sent his son to fulfill all the requirements. And Jesus did it perfectly, flawlessly, flawlessly. So that when you believe in him, you enter into his work. You enter into the finished work. So now when it's time for you to pray, don't go on before God, uh, oh, Lord, it's me again. I messed up. I messed up again, Lord. Uh, it's just me. Lord, I know you don't want to look at me right now because of what I did. Uh, uh, back in the yoke of bondage again, huh? Back on the law again, huh? Think your father doesn't hear you because you messed up. No. The blood of Jesus is forever upon your life. Think God doesn't love you. Thank God doesn't like you because you messed up. No, the blood of Jesus is forever upon your life. If you have received him as your Lord and Savior, my God, you don't know what you did. Remember, the devil desires to put your eyes out so that you cannot see what Jesus did, so that you will only see what you did. And the moment he, moment he convinces you to focus on what you did, whether good or bad, then he's got you tied up. Because you think you did something good, and then you think God owes you. You think God owes you. He's not going to be in debt to you. You're under law. If you think you did something so bad, you think, oh, then you won't even really want to pray. You won't even look up toward heaven. You won't even want to come to church. Oh, God, it's me. I messed up again. What kind of mess is that? You're a son of God. You're a child of God. Pull up to the table and talk to your daddy who is forever in love with you. He loves you. Get that in your skull. Get that in your mind. It's not about you. It's all about Jesus and what Jesus did for you. Get it in your skull. Let's get it there. Say with me, I am complete in Christ. I am complete in Christ. Let it get in your skull. Let it, let it get in you. That's why you have to go over it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. 
and again. Get it in you. So I, I urge you this week, revisit these scriptures again. Say them again to yourself. You fall, say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time you've given us to gather around your word. Lord, we pray today. Lord, I pray that your people have received your word. Lord, those that are in this room and those that are watching and listening right now all around the world. Father, I pray that your spirit would give them the revelation of who Jesus is. Holy Spirit, lead us to Jesus. Show us the works of the Father. Show us the works of the Father. Lord, may, may we enter into your rest. May we enter into your rest. And Lord, as opportunities come, Lord, and the devil's tried to bring condemnation back on us and, and we start looking at ourselves again, Father, I pray that, the, that red lights would flag up in our heart that we would know, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. I am a son of God. I am a child of God. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. So, Father, I pray that you would fill your people with the revelation knowledge of who Jesus is. Restore them, heal them, and completely deliver them. We thank you, Father, for them. I thank you, Father, for everybody watching and listening right now, online and all around the world. I thank you, Father, for everybody in this room and for their families. I cover them right now in prayer, and I declare the blood of Jesus be upon them. Keep them safe and watch over them always. In Jesus' name, amen. And my friends, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, now is an excellent time to do that. If you've never received the Lord, just pray this simple prayer with me. Just say, Father, I come to you a sinner in need of a Savior. I admit that I have done wrong and Jesus has done right. I now receive him as my Lord and as my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. Make me yours, and I will serve you all the days of my life as you show me how. I repent of my sins, and I turn unto you. I thank you for receiving me. In Jesus' name, I am yours, and you are mine. We are one. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory, glory, glory. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Those of you that are online, make sure you visit us at our website at kingdomrock.org. We'll see you there. And while you're there, leave us a comment there on our um, contact page. And if you feel the Lord leading you, go ahead and hit the give button too and give to the ministry. We love you guys so much and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.